Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello fellow Kith, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The World of Aeora, a news and lore podcast that aims to bring you all the news and lore of Pillars of Eternity and Avowed. For those not sure why we're pairing Pillars of Eternity and Avowed together, it's because they share the same fantasy world, Aeora. And so, as the theory goes, if we dive into the history, game mechanics, and lore of Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, we can glean some information and make some insights about Avowed as it undergoes development. In today's episode, we're going to continue our look at the history of the Deerwood, which is the setting for Pillars of Eternity 1. In the last episode, we discussed the early colonial history of the Adiran Empire coming to the Eastern Reach, which is the designation for the continent they found, and settling down in an area that they later would call the Deerwood. We also talked a bit about the Broken Stone War, which is a conflict that arose between the Adirian colonists and the Glanfathan native tribes of the area. The Adirians were stomping into the holy sites of these Glanfathans, and the Adirians were also taking Glanfathans as slaves during these violent acts. And so obviously, war breaks out after a farmer innocently enough knocked over one of these holy relics, a piece of Adra, which is a unique resource in the game. We left off discussing that, and now we're going to be moving into the next part of the history of the Deerwood. Without further ado, let's get into the lore. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? Right, so as I mentioned in the last episode, for those of you who are deeply into Pillars of Eternity, I hope you enjoy this episode. A lot of it's for you because this is just us diving into something that we know and love, and I hope that you enjoy exploring this with me. I should get you guys to tell me what character I should play next, make you just do me a completely goofy run or something completely broken. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm sidetracked here. For those who are into Pillars of Eternity, but you never got huge into the lore, I hope that this will be a learning experience for you, that you'll see some of the history of the setting that you've played this game in, and that it'll add a little bit of depth to the experience. And for those of you who are just looking forward to Avowed, I hope that this information will entice you a little bit more into playing Pillars of Eternity so that you can have a deeper appreciation for this fantasy world Obsidian has created, especially as we go into Avowed once it's released. But I digress. Let's dive into the lore for the day. Just like in the last episode, I'm going to be reading from in-game lore books that describe the history of the Deerwood, which is an Adiran Empire colony. We read parts one and two, and so today we're going to pick up on The Deerwood Part 3, The War of Black Trees, and the Rise of Admeth Hadrit. After the Broken Stone War, which we discussed in the last episode, the Deerwood would see peace and prosperity for 21 years. As a bit of a catch-up for you, there was this guy, Edring Hadrit, who was voted into Griftum, which meant essentially he was in charge of the colony and all of the earldoms that it oversaw. He was charged with handling the Glanfathans that were waging war on the people and were completely obliterating them. There was a slight lull in the hostility, and he sought peace in that moment of non-war, I guess you could say, and he was relatively successful. He got people of Adir to stop pillaging the sacred ruins. He didn't stop slavery, unfortunately, but he he tried to. So 
there was a tumultuous peace between the faction of Guan Fathens and the faction of the Deerwooden colonists. This peace and prosperity lasted for 21 years, so roughly 2644-2645 AI. Aside from the occasional slave uprising or border dispute, nothing of any note happened until 2652 AI, which is only 50 years after explorers returned to Adir reporting this new continent they'd found. So within 50 years, they've managed to send thousands and thousands of people over from their mother nation, the Adiran Empire, across the ocean thousands of miles away and spark a war with the, the native tribes that live there. So way to go, Adir. Some of the Deerwooden Earls, tired of being restricted by the treaties because they couldn't go into the Glanfathen holy sites and pillage them for artifacts which were a commodity back in their mother nation, tired of being restricted by the treaties and encouraged by imperial sources, defied the decrees and actively sent people to loot the ruins in the Deerwood. So, as I mentioned in the last episode, as, and then quick catch up here, the ancient ruins were considered holy sites to the Glanfathens, and that's where a lot of Adra were, that's where artifacts were, and that was the first major contention between these colonists and the native Glanfathen tribes of the Eastern Reach. Response from the Glanfathens was not immediate, but when it came, it was brutal and bloody. There was a slave uprising, and Regd, which was the military commander of the Glanfathens, this man named Regd, resumed control of his guerrilla fighters. A contingent of Delamgan joined the forces as well, making the fights in the forest even more deadly for the Deerwooden soldiers. Okay, so we gotta back up a little bit here. So first off, this guy named Regd. If you haven't listened to the previous episode of this series that we're doing on the history of the Deerwood, I would recommend you go listen to it as it's going to give a lot of context for what we're talking about um but for those of you who aren't going to go back the this guy we talked about regd uh, r-e-g-d is how the name is spelled he was a military commander for the glanfathens he was in charge of fighting in previous wars and conflicts before peace was negotiated between his people and adrit edring hadrit now it seems that since a lot of these Adiran settlers have started pillaging ruins again, this regged guy has resumed fighting back, and this time he gets what's called a contingent of Delamgan. Now, for those who haven't played Pillars Attorney or uh, didn't pay attention or notice this, Delamgan are a type of creature. They're a type of uh, living being in Aora, and we can learn about them through playing the game and reading the bestiary in the game. So this is the description that I read for the Delamgan on the Wikipedia page. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty lengthy, and I can talk about creatures and different enemies on its own episode, but I do want you to understand what you're dealing with. Uh, the Delamgan are forest spirits of Erglanfath that are bound into ancient and often petrified trees or Adra monuments. They appear to have mostly elven-shaped bodies, but their skin is made of wood, and their hair is long and plant-like. So uh, I'm not going to get into it in further detail, but essentially you take spirits of the forest and imbue them into a tree or some sort of plant, and that tree or plant kind of comes to life, and it takes a humanoid form, and it has uh, specifically elven-shaped bodies. So that is what a Delamgan is. It's essentially a sentient version of the forest. If you go on to read the description, it talks about a Delamgan's unique connection to its locale, its immediate environment around it. And it goes on to describe 
uh, variants of Adelumgon, such as the Adrigan, which is the same thing, but applied to this jade crystalline structure known as Adra instead of trees or plants. So the Glanfathans were utilizing Delumgons, this, uh, natu- these naturally occurring primordial creatures that exist in the forest. They were using them in warfare. So in a sense, not only were the Glanfathans fighting against the Deerwooden colonists, but the forest itself was also fighting back. So it's not only do the people of the land hate you, but the land itself hates you too, right? That tells you just what the colonists of the Deerwood were up against. So a contingent of Delamgan joined the forces as well, making the fights in the forest even more deadly for the Deerwooden soldiers. That's the last part we read. Starting the second paragraph, Edrang Hadrit, which is the man we talked about who was appointed as kind of the ruler of the Deerwooden colony, uh, the entire colony. Adrang, then far too old to lead Deerwood in the war, sent his son, Admeth, to deal with the situation. So instead of Adrang Hadrit, we now have this new person, Admeth Hadrit, entering into the fray. This is Adrang's son. Admeth Hadrit becomes a very iconic person in the history of the Deerwood, and some have theorized that the statue we see in the Avowed Reveal trailer is actually a depiction of Admeth. I don't know if that's true or if there's any credibility to it, but it's an interesting idea. Admeth, showing the same tactical prowess as his father, in, in terms of military, set fire to the forest at the Ishuar River, and then blocks the forces retreating from the Inferno. Ugh. Admeth's father, Edrang, was very, very suited for strategy in war. Uh, even though he jumped at peace, he knew how to fight. And it seems like Admeth is the same way, at least on the military side, on the tactical side. He lights the forest on fire, forcing people and these Delamgons to retreat, but he stops them from retreating, leaving them to die in this inferno, I guess. Some of the Glanfathans escape, but thousands would die in the blaze. In the last episode, we talked about how the Deerwooden colonists were at war with the Glanfathans, and the Deerwood colonists lost thousands of peoples in casualties, but the Glanfathans only lost hundreds. And here you have Admeth walking to the scene. He does one tactic, thousands of Glanfathans die. And so now you have an enemy where you've kind of, you've kind of met your match. Like you get this new player on the field. And uh, so things are starting to escalate and become even more serious than they already were, which was pretty big. Regd, which was the military commander of the Glanfathans, is captured and sent to holding in New Heomar, which is obviously one of the colonies of the Adir within the region of the Eastern Reach. This goes on for several months, that is, this uh, tactic of warfare, and Admeth uses the same tactic many times to flush Glanfathans and Delamgon from the battlefield. The entire war lasts less than a year. The Deerwood eventually wins, but at a terrible price. This conflict would become to known as the War of Black Trees. This is an important thing to talk about, especially for those excited about Avowed, When we look at the Avowed Reveal trailer, and we have that opening scene of the arrows uh, before they're shot out, we're looking across uh, this forested, hilly area and a valley in between, and a lot of the trees look on fire. And I remember watching a video on YouTube early in uh, the speculative stages of this Reveal trailer, and there were some people saying that this is reminiscent to the War of Black Trees, which led a lot of people to believe that Avowed was going to be set around that time. And there's still a lot of credibility to that theory. If this is true, then the war that we're seeing, the conflict that we're seeing in the Avowed Reveal trailer, 
could be referring to this War of Black Trees, which is when Admeth Hedrit essentially, you know, burned the Glanfathans in their own woods as a way to defeat them in war. Returning back to the book. Tragedy struck the Deerwood in 2654, which is only two years after people started breaking the peace treaties that we were talking about earlier. In 2654, when Edrang, that's Admeth's dad, whose health had been waning, succumbed and passed into the cycle. That's capital C cycle, which basically means he died and his soul entered into the cycle of reincarnation that Aora is under. Regged, the Glanfather military commander, who had developed a begrudging respect for his constant adversary over the years they had fought, sent Admeth his sincere condolences from captivity in New Heomar. So it seems that Regd and his old nemesis, Edrang Hadrit, had this mutual respect for each other because they were both military commanders and they were just, you know, playing this big game of chess with each other. Kind of sad to put it because, you know, instead of a pawn falling over in a chess people, thousands of people were dying. But still, it's interesting to see the relationship between these two people, which makes me all the more excited about the idea that if a vow is set in this time, that we could see the interplay between these two people. Uh, I think that would make for a very interesting and compelling narrative. Admeth assumed his father's place as Gref over the Deerwood. So essentially, Admeth is in charge of the entire Deerwood colony now and all of its earldoms. The other earls disliked this development and began publicly rebuking Admeth's decrees. So the earls liked the previous dude that they had appointed, but they didn't like his son. In 2655 AI, so that's just one year after Edring had died, Admeth tired of the problems caused by the recalcitrant earls. I love that word, recalcitrant. But having support of the new Valian dukes and the common folk of the Deerwood, having saved them from the Glanfathans, delivers an ultimatum to the fair coning of Adir. So like, let's recap what, that, what just happened there. So Admeth has essentially aged into becoming the guy in charge of the entire colony of the Deerwood. The other earls, the people who are in charge of these like sub-colonies, don't like that. And so they start going against him. Admeth gets sick and tired of this, and so he gets support of another nation's leaders, as well as the common people, the, the colonists that were living there, and he gives an ultimatum not to the earls that didn't like him, but he delivers an ultimatum to the king back in their mother nation, the Adiran Empire. He demands to be made a Griff Palatine. This move would give him authority and power over all the earls, their holdings, and their titles. To explain this a little more, what he is essentially saying is he is delivering an ultimatum to the king back in the Adiran Empire across the ocean. And what he is essentially asking for is for the Deerwood to be considered its own nation with him in charge. Now, they're still underneath the Adiran Empire in the sense of they're not independent of the Adiran Empire. They still have to swear loyalty and fealty to them. But he is requesting a lot more independence, a lot more the Deerwood is its own nation kind of thing, and he is going to be in charge of it. The Fair Koning, which is the title of the king back in the Adiran Empire, who did not want to have to deal with a rebellion while trying to establish a hold on the Vorlis trade network in Raid Ceres, that's another colony further to the north, begrudgingly agreed to Admeth's demands. We know from reading the history of the Adir Empire that the Fair Koning back in the Adiran Empire was so distracted with gaining more Vorlis so that he could feed his economy that he wasn't paying attention enough to what was going on in the Deerwood, 
And as a result, he really couldn't respond to this ultimatum properly. He couldn't uh, think of a way to combat this or say no. He essentially timed out on it and had to agree. So uh, it's kind of his own fault, but good for Admeth. He got what he wanted. Admeth would use this new power to bring all the earls in line. As a trade-off for being given power, Admeth put money and resources into all of the Deerwood's ports to increase shipping traffic. In turn, this increased the Fair Koning's income. If you listen to the episodes where we discussed the Adirian Empire, we actually talked about how the Adirian Empire is really focused on building their economy. They're really focused on bringing in that wealth and that material goods and, and conquering the world and all that. And so it's not a surprise that the Fairconing would only agree to this if he was getting something out of it, which, you know, makes sense. You, you make an agreement to something, it's because you're getting something in return, right? Under Admeth's rule, the Deerwood saw seven productive and profitable years. And in 2662 AI, he did what had been tried for many years without success, bringing slavery to an end in the Deerwood. Ah, yeah, go Adric, yay! Awesome. So, like, he following in his father's footsteps. He, you know, his father was a brilliant tactician in warfare, which Admeth has shown as well. He destroyed the Glanfathans, albeit at a terrible cost. Um, but he only had that. He had that strong tactical thinking, but also like his father, who attempted to try to get rid of slavery, failed. Admeth succeeded. And so not as he's trying to uphold peace, he's trying to get cooperation from other factions, the Valian Dukes, um, and he's also abolished slavery in the Deerwood. So awesome. Love this Admeth guy. I hope he's an avowed. I'm going to shake his hand. I know it's just a game. I know it's just a story, but I, I like seeing that. That's a happy moment. He negotiated what's called the quote-unquote 10 years treaties. It was called this because it had been 10 years since the War of Black Trees, which, by the way, he was in charge of. <laughs> a timeline was established in which the slaves will be released, and the owners would be compensated with money or land for each slave released. So he gives compensation for anyone who cooperates in ending slavery in the Deerwood. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad that's, that's good right? I don't know if I'm too happy that these people who were slave owners in the first place um, are getting more money or land for the fact that they had slaves. Because if you're a person who had no slaves, like if you just didn't agree to have slaves, you thought it was a bad thing. Now you're not getting compensated because you didn't give up slaves, you know? So it's a bit tricky here, but you know, whatever, slavery's being ended, that's good. If they did not comply, that is they didn't release any slaves, the slaves would be taken and a fine would be levied against the owner. See, now that I like through and through. In return, the Glanfathans would open trade with the Deerwood and cede some of their territories to the Deerwood government. So he's ending slavery from the Deerwood, and so they're returning the Glanfathans back to their people. And in return, the Glanfathans will give some of their land to the Deerwoods to expand their colony. And so maybe this is a sign of good faith from the Glanfathans' part to saying, yes, we are dedicated to getting along together as two nations. Um, and this is kind of our show of that. Hundreds of co-opers attempted to rebel against this. Admeth, expecting just such a reaction, reacted accordingly, and the rebellion was quickly crushed. His agents then spread propaganda through the populace, making the co-opers' rebellion and its instigators seem far worse than they truly were. This tactic worked, and there would be no more trouble. So not only did Admeth Hadrit 
abolish slavery, um, compensate those for who opposed it, uh, punish those who didn't go along with it. But for those who actually rose up and fought against him, he had a plan in place. Squash the rebellion and then use propaganda to make the people, the populace, dislike them. This guy is ruthless. Remind me in the game, if we run into this guy, to not get on his bad side because he is going to ruin me. Not only is he going to defeat me in combat, you know, until I hit the end of the game and I am nearly a god, just like in every other RPG, but he'll defeat me in combat and he's just going to totally tank my social profile. It's going to get, he's going to take all my followers and he's going to ruin my score on something. I don't know. Do not piss this guy off. And so that actually, that's the end of the book. So that is the end of the Deerwood part three, the war of black trees and the rise of Admeth Hadrit. Uh, since the next book is a little bit sizable as well as the one after it, I'm not going to go all the way through the fourth book in this six-book series of the Dear Wooden History, but I'll give a little bit of a preview as to what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. This is the opening paragraph to the next book, The Deerwood Part 4, Hadrit's Rebellion. The rural communities loved Admeth Hadrit, considering him the best leader they'd ever had. In a deer, the Ferconing rankled, rankled. In a deer, the Ferconing rankled against his usurpations of imperial authority. I don't know if "rankled" is a word, uh, but there you have it. But had no longer the necessary power to truly undo anything that had happened. So that's the start of the next book. And if you remember what we talked about in uh, several episodes ago about the Adiran Empire, with the fact that the Deerwooden colonists considered Admeth Hedrit the best leader they've ever had is significant. Fair Koning in Adiran literally means first king. And it wasn't just enough to say that this person was, you know, like your first king. No. Whoever the current Fair Koning was of the Adiran Empire insisted that the people regard him not only as their first king, but also the only king. So, if you had previous kings, you essentially had to forget that they ever existed or that they ever held the throne. You know, you got some like 1984 stuff going on here with Doublethink and all that. So the fact that these people in this new world considered Admeth Hadrit the best leader they ever had, it shows a complete dissociation from the old way that their original mother nation thought and looked at things. They don't have that same loyalty that the Adherents have to the throne. So you can see a massive cultural shift going on here. That's a preview for the next book. Tune into the next episode where we dive into what's called Hadrit's Rebellion. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The World of Aeora, where we dove into the lore of the War of Black Trees and Admeth Hadrit. Now, two things which people have speculated might be in the game of Avowed. So, you know, this might not just be Pillars of Eternity stuff. This might also be Avowed stuff. If you want to reach me to talk about anything that I discussed here today, or just ask a question, or leave a comment, or just reach for a conversation, you can reach me at worldofaora at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldofaora. Thank you guys so much. I'm really enjoying making this podcast. I'm really enjoying having the discussions I'm having with you guys. Uh, tune in next time as we go further into the history of the Deerwood, the setting for the first Pillars of Eternity game, and possibly the setting for Avowed. Who knows? I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time.